What up? This is Punk Goes Pod, the internet's raddest podcast that only talks about Fearless Records' Punk Go series. It's pretty gnarly as well. I'm just going to let you I don't cover have, from that. I don't have like a wicked like 90s nickname to give myself. Slam Panther. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't have one for you either. No. Yep. Uh, yeah. You're just Emma. <laughs> Slam Panther and Emma. Emma, also known as Emma. Emma. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much Formerly up. known as Emma. FKA Emma. That pretty much sums it up, you know. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yes, this is the podcast that talks about the Punk Goes series. Uh, this week we are covering Get This Party Started by Pink. As... Get This Party Started. What did I say? Get his party started. Get 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 his get his party. Get us yeah. Get this party started by Pink, mm-hmm. as covered by Stretch Armstrong. Yep. Yep. I'm saying it like that. We'll get to it later on, but I'm saying it like that for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another another week in the books. Another um, little bit of self isolation. I don't really think there's we have too much to say really no not really um i saw my sister's side of the family for the first time since november which was really cool mm. my nephews just won't stop like they refuse to stop growing yeah it's pretty wild yeah yeah and yeah my niece got a rabbit for her birthday sick it's pretty She's... cute 10 yep double digits double digits now so mm-hmm. uh the next significant birthday is when she reaches triple digits yes yeah um, but until then, that's it. She's yeah. had her last big hurrah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing else until then. <laughs> um, what about you? Anything you want to mention that, that you experienced this week? No. Not nah. that I can think of. It's just work and yeah, sleep no. and eat. The only thing I want to mention is just watching everything unfolding in the US at the moment. And yeah. I just want to say Black Lives Matter. Yeah, absolutely. So Black Lives Matter. Donate if you can. Um, yep. I will chuck up some links or retweet some links on our Twitter, I reckon. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, we certainly benefit off racism, both here and in the US and a lot of other places. So the least we can do is what we can to dismantle it. Oh, yeah, we are not exempt from anything like that. So Nope. But I digress. Shall we get into... Pink. So, shockingly, Pink was actually not born Pink. She was actually born Alicia Beth Moore. That's just... You think you can trust someone. I know, right? What is this shit? I think, wasn't Prince actually Prince? No, he was something else, wasn't he? Or was that a gag? No, that's not a gag. That's... You know me, I usually try my bits out on you beforehand. (laughs) That sounded horrible. Look, that's what a long-term relationship is. <laughs> oh, no, Prince Rogers Nelson. Boom. I take that back. Oh, fuck me. He was 1.6 metres. Yeah, he, he was tiny. He's a small boy. The, the, you, you, you understand why he wore heels. Or, or boots with heels. Because he was not afraid to be who he is. Well, that's true as well. No, he was, he was definitely absolutely not afraid to be who he was <laughs> and... We loved him all the more for it. Yeah. So she was, yes, as I said, she was born, I'm assuming it's Alicia. It's L A L. Yeah, Alicia Beth Moore. She was born in Doylestown, Pennsylvania in 1979. Sick. I believe the founder of Doylestown was Doyle from the Misfits. That's very funny. Well done. Yes. (laughs) So Alicia Beth Moore 
also known as Pink, got her start performing in the Philadelphia club scene at the age of 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. She took the name Pink from the character Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs. Am I supposed... Like, I... Well, I can't remember which character plays Mr. Pink. It might be Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah. One of them doesn't... And I think it's Mr. Pink doesn't like... It's vulgar. He doesn't like to be called Mr. Pink because vaginas are pink. okay. Essentially. Um, It would be really kind of interesting to go back to Quentin Tarantino's very early movies and see just how sort of problematic they are. I mean... I mean, it's not like his recent ones aren't. (laughs) Yeah, like, they haven't really changed, but, um... Yeah. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to find who played Mr. Pink, because I'm pretty sure... Yeah, Steve Buscemi. So, I mean... Out of everyone in that movie, she picked the nicest person to name herself after. I'd like to hang out with Steve. Yeah. He seems cool. And a hero as well. Yeah. Like an actual, an actual hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Donnie, you're out of your element. <laughs> um, I just, you're out of your element, Donnie. I just wanted to put this in here um, that she's... So she's an animal rights activist. Mm. That's awesome. Um... She's um, amongst a lot of other things. Like, she donates a lot and is, you know, ahead with a lot of causes, um, like LGBTQ um, plus rights and um, is just one thing that I'm thinking of. Um, But she teamed with Peter to criticise the Australian wool industry over its practice of mulesing. Do you want to tell us what mulesing is? (laughs) Mulesing is when you cut the skin off a sheep's anus or butt area to prevent it from getting fly-blown, which is when it gets infested with flies and is generally just a really bad time. Yeah. Yep. So it's actually a good thing? Look, it's one, it's one of those things, it's like... It's probably, it probably hurts the sheep to get it done, but then getting infections and, and whatnot from flies is probably worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like that she would later state that she had been misled by Peter and she had not done enough research about on mulesing. Yeah, it's... Yep. We had this discussion, you and I, about whether she may have retracted that statement because she... Uh, potentially also around about that time as well that she was doing that. Uh, her fan base in Australia was gargantuan she had a huge following in australia she yeah aussie mums love pink oh aussie mums absolutely love pink like whenever pink comes over here yeah aussie mums just (laughs) lose their shit now i could be a hundred percent wrong and i probably am Mm -hmm. i feel like and i think it was like 2014 I heard it on the radio when I was driving the work van. Yeah. Um, that was the only time I'd listened to the radio was when I was driving the work van. Mm-hmm. And you had, in a span of like a couple months, you had Taylor Swift, Katy Perry and Pink yep. perform. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong in saying Pink was the only one that sold out those oh, shows. I have no doubt that she did. But like, that's wild to think that you had Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and they couldn't sell out, but Pink could. Yeah. To we sh- have, yeah. We would have to look that up to fact check, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I, that's why I said I'm probably wrong. But, like, nonetheless, like, she... At the very least, she can definitely match them. Match oh, Kay- definitely. I was going to say Katie Swift and... Um, Taylor Perry. Taylor Perry. <laughs> she could definitely match Taylor Swift and Katie Perry over here, and especially, like, a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's just things like she... I think, as well, she seemed to really love it over here as well. Yeah. Um, you know, she got involved with the V8 supercars and, yeah, she just seemed to really gel with the Australian people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was massively popular over here and she probably still is. Oh, absolutely she still is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much else to say. She's one of those, she's one of those really big names that you sort of know a hell of a lot about because she's very popular. She's married to, um, is it Casey Hart? Kerry Hart? Kerry Hart. Kerry Hart, um, who's a motocross rider and he's the, the founder of that, um, 
the brand Hart and Huntington or the tattoo brand oh, yeah. Hart and Huntington. You definitely would have, and again, like that probably helps with like the audience that she had over here with like the like a lot of dudes. I'm gonna say it, Bogans would wear Hart and Huntington. Right. It's it's in the same line as Famous Stars and Straps. Affliction unit, all those unit, yeah, yeah, Fox, like it's it's <laughs> it's in the same league as that sort of branding, yeah. Um, but like it's I don't know, I, I I thought it was pretty cool. I was reading up about it. She was the one that proposed to him, yeah, that's right, to get married. It's like she's always had that sort of image of I don't know, like a, a decent person, but at the same time, like kind of a bad bitch, as yeah. Well. I think it's worth mentioning that she has sold over 90 million records worldwide, uh, making her one of the world's best-selling music artists. Uh, and she was also the second most played female solo artist in the UK during the 2000s. Wow. Uh, only, coming second only to Madonna, which checks out UK. I'm sure they love their match. Uh, especially at, around about that time. That's when Madonna was pre- pretending to be British as well. <laughs> yeah. she, was, she was like, I think that was around about the time she was putting on a British accent. Yep. Oh, yeah, VH1 also ranked her as number 10 on their list of the 100 greatest women in music. And in 2013, Billboard awarded her Woman of the Year Award. And at the 63rd Annual BMI Pop Awards, she received the BMI President's Award for, to quote, her outstanding achievement in songwriting and global impact on pop culture and the entertainment industry. We were at Coles today... (laughs) And Madonna's Like a Prayer was playing and the, the guy doing our our shopping um, at the checkout. What did he say? He was just like, oh man, they did not do her well at the at Eurovision that yeah, time. Yeah, basically just like, yeah, I remember when she performed this at Eurovision. It was not good. But it was just sort of, it was just really out of the blue. Madonna, that is. Yeah, yeah. oh, it was so great. But it was just like, yeah, cool, let's have a conversation about Madonna. Oh, so good. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is about Pink. Like I know how massively successful she is, but yet for some reason it feels like she's and I'm I'm completely wrong about this, but for some reason it feels like she's almost under the radar though as well. Mm. Like in yeah, like I feel like I don't hear about many American podcasts or movies or television shows or anything really talk about Pink. I don't really see her yeah. songs being featured on anything as well. I, and I could be wrong. I might just not be watching or listening to the right things to be getting a dose of pink. No, I see what you mean. Like, she's kind of ubiquitous, but also at the same time in a different way to a lot of her peers. Mm-hmm. And, like, particularly in, like, this generation of, like, music fans. Like, you don't really see people on Twitter, like, standing pink or, like... Yeah. Yeah. She's cut from a different cloth in that sense, Yeah, I suppose. I don't know, like, if you go back to the album, like, I think it's her debut album. I can't remember what it was called. It was probably called Pink. Um, Uh, Misunderstood, wasn't it? Well, no, Misunderstood, (laughs) which is, yeah, that was the second album. And even by then, she basically only had, like, pink streaks in her hair. Can't Take Me Home was her first one. Yeah, um, the one that had... I don't know the full title or the proper title, but the "A Man Who Understands Real Love" the song. I'm blanking. A man that understands real love. Is that her? That's Pink. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the film clip, like she's doing stuff like she's boxing and she's she's chasing after a dude on a motorcycle and like jumping it over buildings. It's like. And I think a couple of years later, Christina Aguilera did, did what was it, the dirty film clip where she's in a boxing ring. It's like, yeah. I actually kind of believe that maybe Pink could knock someone out. Most girls. Most like girls. And yeah, she actually had pink hair back then. But yeah. but then, yeah, as I said, like by even by the second album, she was like, eh, maybe not the full thing. Maybe not Maybe not the full hair. Yeah. Like she, she, <laughs> she still just went by Pink, which is fine. Because what else do you go by? Blonde? I mean Blondie. Blondie, yeah. But... So anyway, about the song, we've already said it was from 
the mm-hmm. 2001 album Misunderstood. Misunderstood. It's misunderstood, but the 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 Z the S for the the stood is a Z. Yeah, I feel like it should have been the misbit. Mis- misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely should have been the mis. It's definitely something I don't miss from the from the mid to late nineties to the you know early to mid two thousands was just how grammar and spelling just went down the toilet. <laughs> just chucking in a Z somewhere where it didn't need to be. Made like... it radical. An extreme was always spelt with X. An X. Uh, in, instead of ex. Instead of ex. Because it's still spelled with an X. It's just there's an E in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it was. It, yeah, it was a time. It was, and like backwards letters and all that sort of shit. Mm. It's like I bring it up, but I cannot think of an example of. I mean, like there's the X Games for I think extreme sports, but again, it's extreme with an E, not an X. Mm, true. Um. So yeah, I guess back onto the song. Yes, it was the first single from a 2001 album. Misunder. I'm just gonna say misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Um. The song was written and produced by former four non-blondes front woman, Linda Perry, mm-hmm. uh, which you found out that uh, Pink actually basically, you know, sought after Linda Perry and, and formed a friendship with her. Yeah, it's really interesting. So she has noted that, uh, where are we? Yeah, as a child, she admired Linda Perry. Um, so again, our favorite source of information wikipedia there was a quote from pink with regards to linda saying literally this woman spoke to me being in pain and being on drugs and being misunderstood and yeah she spoke my language without having to say anything she could sing a note and it was what i was feeling i used to sit at three or four o'clock in the morning tripping on whatever screaming four non-blondes out the window until the cops were called so yeah she um tracked her down and formed a close relationship and Hence why we have this song. Do you think Pink was maybe of that sort of... Like, cause I know that the, the thing with, like, Kirk Cobain and Courtney Love where they were, like, the, the Ritalin, Ritalin, uh... I guess, generation. Do you think she, Pink was maybe part of that? Like, do you think she... I'm not sure if she was part of that same generation by definition, but she... No, she might have been a little bit younger than them, but... But even, like, outside of a literal sense, like, she always like she's never hidden the fact that she had a troubled childhood like she mm. yeah like shit was rough for her yeah. growing up um and i guess that's part of what makes her so relatable is that she doesn't have that polished facade yeah to her. Like, yeah she's always just sort of leveled with like yeah nah shit was fucked yeah like, yeah she's kind of a human being whereas you know a lot of pop stars aren't yeah yeah um but there you go maybe that's why Maybe that's why mums just gravitate towards her. Yeah. Because she's, she's an imperfect warrior. I don't know. That's beautiful. <laughs> this is now a mum podcast. It's uh, called As a Mother. <laughs> um, so the song was actually initially written for Madonna. Which again is interesting because Pink has named Madonna as well as Janis Joplin as her biggest musical influences. Yeah, and I mean, you could definitely see it in, I guess, I was say like the, I was gonna say the hairstyle, but like, like yeah, the bleach blonde. Like, yeah, 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 of like sort of like maybe taking, you know, an imitation of Madonna. Um, you know, that is one of Madonna's iconic looks among many, many other looks. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the Janis Joplin mugshot photo? No. It's spooky. It's super spooky. It just looks like... She looks ghostly in it. It's kind of haunted. It cho- it's that thing of, like, old photos just looking fucked. But, I mean, this was only the 60s or the 70s? Yeah. I think 60s. So I think she died in, like, 69. What um, did she get arrested for? Oh, probably, like... Vulgar and indecent language, there you apparently. Go. Interesting. Sorry, I'm just looking up this mugshot. Apparently, now. you could get arrested for that, and it's not like it's not like of her. It's not just of her face. It's like the whole body. Yeah, I see what you mean. As well, can yeah. can you show me? I can. I still don't understand Pinterest, but here we are. 
This is making for great podcast content. So anyway, while you're looking into that, I'll keep going. I'll keep slamming down some facts. Yep. Uh, the song only uses one chord. I, it literally never occurred to me until you told me. Yeah. And it, it sort of, oh, that's fucked. It's so creepy. I don't find it that creepy. I'm going to be, I, I, when I go to the toilet tonight, when, when at like two in the morning, when you're asleep, I'm going to be seeing ghostly Janice Joplin in the corner of my eye. She just looks like a woman just standing no, there. No, but it's like, it's the, it's the graininess yeah, of okay. the, and like the long dress and the long hair. And, yeah, I see what you mean. It's just, I don't know, it's just freaky to me. <laughs> It, well, I mean, it's that, that thing that, like, you get, like, at the start or the end of that silver chair song that just yeah. makes you go, Ugh. Like, <laughs> yeah. any other any other picture of Janis Joplin, like, Vashti, my sister, you know, went through a huge Janis Joplin fa- phase. She had, like, the book and everything. Like, it's not like I'm scared of Janis Joplin. <laughs> but, but I'm going to be seeing that when I go to bed tonight. Well, I'm sorry. And I think that's funny because we just watched The Exorcist last night. Which is not at all scary. But, like, that is going to be, like, in my mind more than, you know, Reagan yeah. puking green soup and having her head twist around. Um, so, yeah, solidly in B minor, mm. which it's more prevalent, I guess, in the cover because this one has a lot of different elements and different sound effects, and that's what Linda Perry was going for. She was like, I just sort of want to throw it all out there and just be kind of weak. Like, I'm not quoting her for verbatim, but... It is sort of like, let's just give it a whole bunch of different stuff and see what we can get out of it. Yeah, she basically was like, I want people to listen to this and go, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> and then she got hi! <laughs> <laughs> well, it just goes to show, like, how you really hook into, like, the vocal melody of a song as opposed mm. to, like, what's going on behind it. Because I... Would never have picked that because I was always just pick, like thinking of the na 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 na. But like even listening to it before I found out about that, it's like oh her vocals don't really reach, like it doesn't reach any sort of like tremendous heights. Yeah, I guess, but it is sort of like a. I guess we'll get into that when we start talking about like our thoughts on the song. But it is sort of like a chill kind of party song. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So the song charted at number one on the ARIA charts, so she got See. her uh, start in the Australian music industry very early. Hell yeah, she did. Uh, also number one in Belgium, Ireland, New Zealand, Romania, mm-hmm. and on the UK's R&B charts and the US's dance club charts. Cool. It also reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Well, there you go. Uh, of course it went, well, no, it didn't go platinum here. It went gold in Australia, New Zealand, UK, and the US. And platinum in Norway. Cool. Um, yeah, I was, thought I had a joke about that, but I didn't. <laughs> the best kind of joke setup is when you realise, like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> at, least, at least I didn't start it with no ending in sight. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, that that little kid is like, have you ever had... A, a, and then he just keeps going. I can't... Oh, I love that kid. I can't imitate him. Bless him. Have you ever had a dream that... That you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. Uh, the music video was directed by Dave Myers, mm-hmm. uh, who directed such music videos as When Worlds Collide by Power Man Five Thousand, mm-hmm. which you were like, I have no idea what that song is. I it played sounds- it for you. It sounds vaguely familiar, but it also just sounds like My Chemical Romance extrapolated it to write their song, um, I want to say Party Poison, from Danger Days. So then My Chemical Romance ripped off Power Man 5000. Well, yeah, essentially. Well, you'll be hearing that song when I start playing Tony Hawk in September. Sick. Yeah, because it's on the soundtrack. Uh, he also directed with with arms wide open by Creed, <laughs> a classic, and party up in brackets in here by DMX, and I just put in bold insert dog barking sound effect. <laughs> just giving you a glimpse into the production process behind. Because DMX liked to throw in a oh oh. He sure did. 
That's very uh, astute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so Britney Spears' ex-husband Kevin Federline features as a backup dancer in the clip. I was going to arc up and be like, why would you only call him her ex-husband? But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, yeah, fuck him. He is her ex-husband. Yeah. That's his biggest claim to fame is that he married a megastar like Britney Spears. Yep. He tricked he tricked Britney Spears into marrying him. <laughs> Justice for Britney. I'm, I'm, look, I'm sure she loved him. He didn't deserve it. No, no, no one deserves it. Not even her <laughs> no, she... current guy. Does she have a current guy? Yeah. I don't understand their vibe. But anyway. She deserves love. So someone has to deserve it. No one. Are, are you saying that you're the only candidate who could love Britney <laughs> no. Spears and have her love you back? No. I couldn't give Britney what she needs. But I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. It's a... It's a very of its time film clip. Oh as god! Well. I mean, when you think about it, the song's just shy of twenty years old. Yeah, that's depressing. Which really is. Um, it's just that. I mean, because I'm because uh, like I, like a bird came out the same year or the year before. Ah. Uh... It just had that sort of very same kind of like oversaturated bright colours yeah. and. Um, huge pants and she's wearing like a mesh top speaking of can we just take a moment to appreciate how good crystal methods lip sync was to i'm like a bird from the the finale of drag race yeah it was pretty great until 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 she vomited into the other bird's mouth yes that was pretty gross which out of context doesn't make sense so just look it up it's worth it but yeah um i'm gonna throw out a reference that you won't understand but Pink in this film clip looks like um, one of the Hardy Boys from like the late nineties, two thousands wrestling. Sick. Yeah. They were called they were called Team Extreme, and I bet you they didn't have an E on the start of that as well. I can very much imagine that. <laughs> I don't know it's 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 yeah, like she she jacks a skateboard in that film clip because. Tony Hawk was huge at the time as well. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the only reason why she jacks a skateboard. As much as I appreciate Tony Hawk, I don't think that the Tony Hawk franchise completely set the tone for pop culture in the 2000s. He invented skateboarding, okay? <laughs> like, look, she basically looks like these people in the film clip. So she looks like every other person in the 90s. Yeah, pretty much. In early 2000s. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So huge clothes, mesh top. Yeah. The the hair that's like up at the back. Yeah. Sticked up, sticks a up at the back. huge vibe. Yeah. I, I, you know, I dig it. It's a, it look, it's a very fun film clip. Linda Perry plays a bartender as well. Mm. I was going to say behind the bar, but of course she would be. Um, you could say she was tending it. Perhaps. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what do what do you think of uh the song loved it as a kid yeah it's fine now yeah like it's funny now that you've told me that there's only the single chord it's almost more underwhelming <sighs> like simultaneously underwhelming but also really impressive that, yeah like, they contain so much by using so little, like... Like, literally using one thing. Yeah. And it's not... It's like she got one over on us. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But I love it. I love that she did. Yeah. No, it's really clever. Um, I, yeah. I think it's just, it's a very quintessential, like, early 2000s bop. Like, talking about going to the club and everything, and... Let me ask you, the, the line... I can go for miles, if you know what I mean. Is that innuendo? I don't know. Because I don't understand... I think it's supposed to be, but I don't... Un- like. Does she understand sex? Because she could say, I could go for hours, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Because miles indicates, like, road rash. <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting grass burns. 
I mean, if that's your, what you're into. I mean, like... what is she? Is she having sex on the on the Vanessa Carlton piano <laughs> while Vanessa Carlton plays? I'm trying to imagine this hellscape where Vanessa Carlton is stuck on this piano and it never stops. I hate that you have brought this possibility. Into it just the keeps going. And... And she has to keep playing or else it will just keep running over people. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, okay. I'm just going to pull you out of that thought. We will spiral. do that. We will do that song eventually and I can't wait. <laughs> okay. So apparently according to Genius.com, um, an unreviewed annotation by user Golegka says it means she's high on ecstasy pills, which likely contain amphetamine mixed in, mixed in with MDMA and maybe substances like MDA meth and others used to break through high tolerance of users as well, which give a party goer a boost of energy to go for miles. I don't think that's what it means either. For like a top forty song, like that's like that's kind of dark to have that in there. See. I always just, as a kid, I took it, like, as I could just party all night kind of yeah. thing. But not due to being aided by hallucinogens or, like, drugs. Yeah, no, I wasn't getting that. But then she's, like, it's it's about parties. Like, going to, go, like, partying. Um, yeah. It's, it's that thing, though, like... I think it, I was saying it before, like, it is a mellow kind of idea of a party song. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's one that you could really, that you could really go overboard dancing to or anything like that. You found something. Yeah, sorry, I'm just standing, standing. Yeah, I record standing up, what of it. Um, <laughs> and upside down. <laughs> like a bat. <laughs> so, someone else, so user on genies.com, Joe says, so of the chorus, I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. He says, coming up is a way to describe getting high off of party drugs. She follows up with, so you better get this party started, which is what young people do when they take drugs. (laughs) Just, Joe, look, I always interpreted that as she's in the elevator, getting ready to go to the top of the building where the bar is. Because isn't isn't that an actual, like, because they literally... On the in the film clip, they go onto like a scissor lift to get up to the party. I don't mean that she means like I'm physically ascending, so you'd better have a party ready by the time I've elevated my Look, body. It's the rapture. I am ascending to heaven, <laughs> and heaven's a party. You better get it started, God. Yeah, it's about doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! I mean, all the sinners can kiss her ass. She'll be burning rubber. That bit in the film clip as well, she over-exaggerates the fuck out of the, the can kiss my ass bit. Yeah. Like, she, like, does a full, like, arm rotation and, like, sticks her ass out and points at it. <laughs> Imagine if people did that when they were using kiss my ass, like. Kiss my kiss balls. my ass, and you do like Turn this. And twist their butt. <laughs> do some interpretive dance to show it. This fucking song. The more I look at the lyrics, it just makes me angry. Like license plate says "Stunner Number One Superstar." Like as if you could register your car. Stunner. That's I... how many characters? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. That's 21 characters, including spaces. Are you sure that in America, though, they can't have 21 characters on their license plates? I mean, of anywhere, I would expect it to be America, because freedom. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking... I I mean, I worked in a drive-thru bottle shop for 11 years, and you saw some pretty interesting personalised license plates. What's The... the best one you ever saw? Too good for you. (laughs) <laughs> and my boss was just like, he just saw it and he's like, he walks in and he's like, he's almost mad about it. He's like, you got to see this guy's license plate. Come out and see that. And, like, and the guy hops out and yeah, he's definitely overcompensating for a lot. Mm. He was probably a man of about five foot four. Good on him. Um, Yeah, he had a, he had a revved up car with a silly license plate and. 
He was very short. Good on him. Yeah. He was no. too good for me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he showed you. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's... She throws up the West Side sign as well. There's a the lot of clip. appropriation of black culture in But this. it's alright. She has a black friend in the film clip. And that's... It shits me that, like... So there's... They enter the club. She's there with her black friend. She encounters someone else at the bar who sort of looks at her like, Ew. But she's also got a black friend. It's just like... What is this universe you're living in where, like... White people are just teaming up with their black friend to go to clubs I mean isn't that basically what Scrubs is I guess and the club is a hospital uh, yeah <laughs> that's, that... the, that's the final club fuck but like the west side sign that she does as well like this is the it's, widest it's the one where like the, the middle finger like hangs way over the uh, the ring finger yeah like like that yeah yeah it's I don't know I always yeah like that. It's not great. <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. Um, oh, I had more. But it's kind of... I just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is like a pump-me-up kind of party song. I think every party song, pretty much from here to... From then until now, it's just kind of been underwhelming. Like, I'm thinking of, like, the Black Eyed Peas. Was tonight... It's gonna be a good night or let's get it started i think they might have both been party songs yeah um they kind of just had that sort of really mellow beat to them that kind of didn't really go too far blame it by jamie fox was really boring oh, even yeah. even down like about a month ago was that's not really a party song though that's like a love song yeah but isn't it like a love song and a party song I don't know. I can't remember. I, I'm just remembering the film when they were at a party. So, like, but like, I'm not saying these are bad songs. It's just I want a party song to get me in the mood to party. Every party song should be "You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party." Or "Party Hard" by Andrew WK. Sure, that's fine. I don't know it. Yeah, you do. Okay. Let's get the party going. Let's get the party going. Now it's time to party. Yeah, we'll party hard. Da-da. If I say I know it, will you stop? No. I will not rest. <laughs> I'll listen to it after this. I'm sure it's I... It's like the one song that everyone knows by Andrew WK. Have we, after 44 episodes, 44 and a half episodes, <laughs> have you, have we not established I don't listen to the radio and I didn't listen to the radio? <laughs> I, I'm not... Like, unless it was being shown to me, unless it was being put on to me. I knew it would growing up. How would I know it and you wouldn't? Because you listen to the radio more than I did. You were, you're, you've always been more in tune with what's popular. That's because I'm cooler than you. I'm too I'm, I, Look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to doubt that. I'm not going to disprove that. You are cooler than me. <laughs> That's fine. I... You know what? Fuck it. We're having a mini podcast within a podcast. We are looking at Party Hard. Okay. Let's see how it performed on the charts. What was with the deal, the deal with Andrew WK? Like, he seemed to be embraced by the metal community or something? Yeah, because he fucking rules. I mean, Psy ruled as well, but he wasn't being embraced by Metallica. Maybe he should have. That would have been kind of interesting. Party Hard was named the 89th best hard rock song of all time by VH1. Pitchfork, which is fucking surprising, ranked the song at number 129 on its list of the top 500 tracks of the 2000s. Yeah, like, I mean, Pitchfork isn't, like, the, the be-all and end-all of alternative music. Yeah, but they like to think they are. Yeah, they like to think that they are, but... Fuck I mean, if, if it brings if it brings some more mainstream eyes to their product, I'm sure they're fine with saying, yeah, don't worry, he's not number one, but he's 129th. Ugh. Fucking pitchfork. Hang on. Uh, anyway. Fuck it. I give up on Andrew W. We'll listen to it after this. It'll either be one of two things. I'll either go, oh yeah, or oh no. I swear to God, if it's oh yeah, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Fine. Anyway. So. What do we think of this song? 
I, and not party hard by Andrew WK. Yeah, which well, is also sick and cool. I believe you. <laughs> As I said, I think every party song should be a song that makes me want to party, and that's "Fight for Your Right" by Beastie Boys. Sure, because that's a dope song. It is a dope song, and I know most of the lyrics to it, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> One of the many reasons why I'm marrying. You. Yeah. So now, who's See, the I cool think one? Sabotage is cooler. Oh, Sabotage is definitely cooler. Oh, Out of their songs, probably Fight For Your Right is pretty... It's not their coolest. It's pretty pedestrian. I remember singing it in primary school because <laughs> I saw the film clip and it was dope. And a girl, like, I was doing the Flying Fox singing it and a girl was like, do you actually like that song? <laughs> and I was like... I didn't crush on her, so I wasn't like wasn't embarrassed i was like yeah you don't love the verb the verb i was doing the flying fox <laughs> just picturing what like eight year old sam like how old was you oh like six or seven <laughs> probably like seven swinging on the flying fox <laughs> you got a fuck your pops caught you smoking and he said no way <laughs> Man, that hypocrite smokes two packs a day. I once hit my knee on the side of a flying fox, like the bars, so hard that I passed out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd hurt my knees just thinking about it. Oh, it was bad. I, like, blacked out for a moment and sort of... And this was before school had started, so that was lucky, but yeah. Oh, so you still had to... You still got to finish off the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Because you were a nerd. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like school. We used to, like, because we were just starved for any sort of entertainment in our school. So we'd go on the Flying Fox, we'd get about halfway, and we'd sort of, like, pull back and see who could throw that thing into the other end of it as hard as possible. <laughs> as well. Oh, like, you, yeah, you'd get, like, a really good swing and just, like, fucking launch that thing. <laughs> And then they put rubber padding in and it just took away the effect of it. Because <laughs> you get like this really loud... Yeah. And so we had one that was really smooth and we had one that I think my siblings had used. So it was just all rusted and shit and it just couldn't... You, you had to actually do that motion to, to just move from one end to the other. Oh my... <laughs> I used to hate that. You didn't give yourself enough like push and you just sort of slowed down the middle. You had to like sort of... Like, what's the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. So good. Do we actually like this song or not? It's fine. Like, like Yeah, I, said, I think it is. Like, it's more clever than I gave it credit for at the time. Yep. Considering that it's just the one chord. Um, it's fine. It's just very of its time. Yeah. And, it, like, it's one that, it, like, if it ever came on at, like, a fucking really pathetic kind of nostalgia party, I'd be like, yeah, but, like... Mm. You'd be doing the kiss-your-ass move. Oh, yeah. That's, I... <laughs> the whole song, like, the first half the of the song. Wind, you'd be windmilling your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just spend that first minute, however, like, just gearing up for my... <laughs> my pièce de résistance, where I just, like, point squarely at my bum... and then i'd leave (laughs) well that was a good school reunion but i'm out of here well that was a good wake (laughs) no See, I'm just picturing Homer, like, a bee bit my bottom, and now my bottom's... <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's essentially the dance move I'd be gearing up to do. And then and then I would go home. <laughs> having done my solemn duty for our Lord and Saviour Pink. Alright, let's, let's not... And, look, I'm gonna say, like, she's definitely had some really cool songs. Oh, she rules. Yeah. She's, like, her greatest hits collection. I don't know if she's already done one yet, but, like... Oh, she would've. It's fucking great she has so many good songs we need to also mention as well before we move on she did a she did a, an album with uh dallas green of alexis on fire who also and city in color yeah um yeah so they were an act called you and me stylized as you plus me and 
It wasn't bad. I remember listening to it at the time. Um, well, is, is it kind of like folksy? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. I could imagine her actually having the sort of strong... Oh, I mean, he's got a fantastic voice, but well, her the having thing, the like, stronger voice as well. That's the thing. It's like their two voices, the way they play off each other, it's really good. Mm. Yeah. Man, I, I just... That's one of those bands that I just desperately want to come back to Australia is Alexis on Fire. I'm I still kicking myself that we didn't see them the last time they were coming here. I know, but I, look, they have, I think they have reformed, or they're like, they're doing stuff together again, so mm-hmm. very possible. Um, and it's like, we could have gone to see AFI as well, but it's like, yeah, but how much new stuff are they going to yeah. be playing? Yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to see that. That's fine. Um, so yeah, cool. So she, she kind of has an in with, I guess, the pop punk screen. What was Alexis on Fire? Uh, were they like some sort of post, core? like post hardcore or something? Possibly, I'm going to triple check this. Um, but while you're looking into that, let's mm-hmm. get started on Stretch Armstrong. Post hardcore, and just oh fuck, this is the bit where you're putting the song in, isn't it? Yeah, that's fine. Well, before we do. Alexis on Fire described their music as the sound of two Catholic high school girls in mid-knife fight, which is pretty sick. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Stretch arms strong. Strong. Uh, so, I so of course Stretch Armstrong is a famous toy. I was gonna say line brand. I think it was probably made by Product. Mattel or something. Product. There you go. <laughs> um, where the idea was the the body of Stretch Armstrong was some kind of like putty or so it was just like a swole looking dude, wasn't it? Was he swole or was he just a guy? I mean he's if you I'm thinking he was I think he was swole for like the eighties. But <laughs> so, you look at him now and he's kind he's definitely soggy around the midsection. <laughs> but like the head is just solid plastic and he's doing this like kind of face. I had to stretch Armstrong as a kid. Yeah. Um he was a special army commando stretch Armstrong. But the idea was that you could stretch the body into all sorts of different like shapes and lengths and and whatnot. Um, it's actually pretty cool. I should buy you another one. Like the inside was it was some kind of syrup or something. Corn syrup. Corn syrup. That's so. Which upsetting. I imagine has an expiry date. I imagine at some point it will harden up oh. or dry out or something. But yeah, I remember after a while, my Stretch Armstrong, uh, yeah, he received a cut and they were like, oh yeah, just put a band-aid on it and it repairs itself and it didn't. Who said that? Like on the back of the box. <laughs> literally it said, like, it was literally a selling point. Like if you break it, you can repair it with a band-aid. Oh man. And then the band-aid got all manky and That's gross. so disgusting. So I wanted to see the origin. I wanted to see what Stretch Armstrong's heritage was. So I looked up the surname Armstrong and Armstrong is a surname of Scottish borders origin. It derives from a Middle English nickname, which meant someone with strong arms. In Ireland, the name was adopted as an anglicisation of two Gaelic names from Ulster. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that, but it's Mac Thrinfier, meaning son of the strong man, and Olard Trian, meaning strong, Olavery. Cool. Cool. We should have gotten Joe to, to... I know. ...to translate some of that for us, but oh well. Uh, so the actual band themselves formed in 1992 from Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're one of those bands, so several of the members are outspoken Christians, but they don't 
classify themselves as a Christian band, yet they put out three records for Solid State Records, a Christian music label. I mean, that's fine. I mean, if that's who's going to support you, but yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, we'll be signed to this, but we're not Christians. We're not a Christian band. It's, yeah, like, it's very much that thing of, like... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh, yeah. Or, like... Yeah, you are entitled to be... Uh, yeah, I guess it would piss me off if I were religious, but in a band that wasn't supposed to be, like, blatantly about my beliefs. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, anyway. This isn't a dig on Christianity or no. anything. I just, I just thought it was... Yeah. But they are currently signed to We Put Out Records. Records? So I think the joke is, We Put Out Records. So they've just described the function of their record label... But then we put out as well. Mm. Like, people have sex with us. Yeah, it's also... So basically, the idea is that they sign, or they, like, give support to their friends' bands that can't get signed as well. Right. See, I was just talking about the double entendre. Double entendre. Present. So we put out, and they put out on records as well. No. So they put out records. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They're a record label. They put out records. But it's one of those ones where, like, you can separate the name We Put Out from We Put Out Records. So, like, We Put Out Records. And their record is how much they put out. I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's very funny. But no, you are correct in that it started as a label for Friends bands that had not been signed. Yes. Um, there's not too much to really say about Stretch Armstrong. They're one of those ones where it's like they don't have a picture on their Wikipedia page or anything like that, which is what I base uh, basically all status on, is if you have a picture on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but they were announced to be playing at Furnace Fest, and I did look up Furnace Fest. Uh, so Furnace Fest 2020. It's actually kind of dope. Oh, uh, I'm, I am bringing in theory, it. Theory, but it won't be happening anymore. I would hope. Uh, I mean, September. It's in. It's in Alabama. Ugh, so what's yikes. what's the? Uh, okay. I guess the only thing that will cause it to stop is if bands start pulling out. Yeah. Um, but as of now, it looks like it's still going. Um, so like bands like Boy Sets Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Converge, Comeback Kid, Eighteen Visions, Evergreen Terrors, Every Time I Die. From Autumn to Ashes. Like, a lot of just, like, cool scene bands from yeah. back in the day are playing. Um, Knocked Loose. I can't remember if we ever talk about Knocked Loose or not. I feel like we might, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Poison the Well. There's just, like, a Misery Signals. I can't remember. Oh, if... yeah. Is Misery Signals the Fallout Boys side band or something? Um, I, I think it has something to do with them, but not the one I'm thinking of. I think it might be, though. Um... Unearth, which is cool. And yeah, Stretch Armstrong as well. And Stretch Armstrong is the only band in this whole thing that also does not have a picture. So, mm. cool. Good on you, uh, Stretch Armstrong. Um, the song, like, I, I think it might be our first sort of hardcore song as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is, which is interesting. Definitely... They definitely, like, you can hear the one note much yeah. more prominently in this. And look, and it's, I don't think it's bad. I think it really works for what they're doing. Um, and it has, like, it goes through different rhythms and everything, but they, they do the one note. And it's, would have been pretty simple. I, I think it rules. Yeah, like, I, I, I like it. Yeah. I um I wonder if it's because some of the members were Christian that they, when it gets to the, they'll be kissing my ass, they do the, they'll be kissing my woo! Yeah. <laughs> Which I do think is kind of cute. Um, and it does remind me of, like, hearing the original on the radio, and they just did that thing where they sort of just, like, mangle the vocals a bit, just to sort of, like, when they'd be swear words and it'd be like... <laughs> like yeah. So yeah, I remember it sort of being like kissing my arm. <laughs> I can't remember in uh, Vanessa Amorossi's Shine when you're uh, sitting on your ass and you're wondering why. I can't remember if that got censored or not. 
I think it stayed as is, didn't it? Maybe, but I remember because we did that song, we performed that song at our grade six graduation yeah. as well, and the teacher was like, and like he changed the lyric to Sitting All Alone, which I think it worked, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but he's like, none of you, like, don't you dare say us. And then the following year, so like that was high school, and I was in a class with only one kid that I went to primary school with. Yeah. And he's like telling all the kids like, oh yeah, like the teachers said, don't say ass in the song, but we all said ass. I'm like, no, you know, we went to the same school, right? Like, we were like two people away from each other. <laughs> Nobody said ass. He's like, no, no, there was a few of us. That, I was like, no, like I was there. You know, you do know I was there, right? Like, what a lying little. Shit. Oh, he was. He had just a motor mouth of just lies. This kid, <laughs> just absolute, absolute lies. What a turd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I thought that that was like funny that it was, that it was perhaps that thing of, you know, oh, we're good people. We don't say ass. <laughs> we don't cuss. <laughs> I still maintain crap is my favorite swear word. It's just so delightful. Crap. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a, a period where I wasn't allowed to say crap. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue so nicely. Like, oh, how crap. That's crap. What did we, was it, was it in the ex, oh no, I won't repeat it. Huh? Oh, was it in the exorcist where they said cunting? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love you. I love you. Um, no, like I, I. I don't really have much to say. It's, it's it's a song with one note. It's literally... I think the thing that I like about it is it's basically a, an entire song that's a breakdown. Yeah. So, sorry. There's something about it. Like, I was thinking today, because this morning I was watching a Twitch stream where they were highlighting... You can say what the Twitch stream was. No, like it was hosted by this guy, Marsden the Martian. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Blink 155. It was a prelude to that. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, and Marsden was highlighting like hardcore music, like fronted by black people, like mm-hmm. featuring black people, bands that are outspoken against like police brutality, all that kind of thing. And I was just like, fuck, like I really sort of missed the boat on getting into hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was really good, but... I just kind of missed it. And even hardcore, kind of like metal, had has a lot of different sort of facets. Like there's vegan hardcore, mm. there's Christian hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just that like... Yeah, just those shows where you see people just like going ballistic in like the mosh pit and like mm. all the like slam dancing and shit. <laughs> like it's... So sick. So yeah. yeah, like if anyone has any hardcore bands, they can recommend to me as someone who... Oh, I can recommend you some hardcore bands. Just as long as they're not those ones that are just all like... Like... But yeah. Well, it's death metal. Well, yeah. That's yeah. not what I'm looking for. No, that's right. But anyway, like that plus listening to Stretch Armstrong. Just sick. So good. Like I really enjoy this cover. You know what could have though? What? tons more gang vocals like this oh. this this could have like so much more this had this doesn't have i don't think this has gang vocals it could have gang vocals it doesn't and it really could benefit from yeah lots of gang box yeah yeah oh like just give me some gang vocals mm-hmm. mm. but no i really like it so do i yeah. yeah it's and like i think they shorten it as well a bit so it's like under three minutes yeah Somewhere between like two and a half to three minutes. Um, just sort of like... And I think in between... On the album as well. It's in between... Like a Prayer is the lo- is the song after it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what goes before it. And it's like just this sort of like really punchy one to build you up before you listen to a Madonna cover. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I was listening to the album today in the shower. Um... Oh, everywhere by Yellow Card. Yes. Like it's a really good placement. Like that's a good like one, two, three for that album as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put more gang vocals in your song. But aside from that, 
solid effort. I love it. I love the next one. I reckon that's possibly besides like the the cover songs that we are assigned, well, we, that we've assigned ourselves to talk about the punk goes covers. This is possibly my favorite cover, like outside cover that we've ever spoken about. Yeah. And sorry Buff Corral. But like, yeah, this could be better. See, Buff Corral isn't just a series of covers though. Like that's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah, right. Buff Corral is definitely a lifestyle. Yeah. But this is the one, the only, Dame Shirley Bassey. So if you're thinking to yourself listening to this, like if you don't know who Dame Shirley Bassey is, and you think, that kind of sounds like a James Bond song, that's because she did possibly the two best, or two of the best James Bond songs Mm. ever to James Bond, which was the Goldfinger song and Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Um, Like Diamonds Are Forever is really good, but the Goldfinger song is, yeah, possibly the most well-known Bond song ever. Um, and this just sort of like everything about this just has that feel about a James Bond song. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. Like we only decide, like we've decided to only talk about the one song because it's just so good. Like, yeah, we don't want to spoil this by talking about something else that's likely crap. Like this comparison. could be this could be a main topic. Yeah, it just like so. If you get a chance, like, watch the music video for it as well, because it's just, like, Shirley Bassey very much just embodies, like, that diva, like, that real sort of songstress kind of... Like, she's very much embodied, like, I do Bond film type songs, if not literal Bond film songs. Yeah. And so, yeah, the whole, like, the music video, like, as soon as I saw, like, there's black ink, like, falling and, like, doing that cool sort of swirling effect and it's just like and fuck like, yes the imagery sort of moving into the right side or the left side right to left right to left which they do that in like the title tracks for a lot of the opening yeah. the opening parts to a lot of bond movies it's just yeah um, it's a very cinematic music video and yeah it basically just sounds like it's yet another bond song like it's just yeah. so good i would kind of if there's a market for it on this podcast to give me like 15 minutes to rank the Bond songs one yeah. episode I would happily do that well you can do that as like a mini-sode yeah chuck it in somewhere I'll do it yeah alright um definitely like Goldfinger would be in like the top three yeah um with I was gonna say Darude not Darude <laughs> Duran Duran <laughs> imagine that if Sandstorm was just a Bond film track Anyway, so, like, yeah, Shirley Bassey rules. Like, her voice is incredible. Mm. Like, just immediately recognisable. And there's something about this cover, like, it it feels a little bit out of place, but not really. Like, she, like, commands it so well. Yeah. Like, you would think seeing, like, or, like, hearing her singing something along the lines of, I can go for miles, if you know what I mean. Or, like, I'll be burning rubber, you'll be kissing my... like you. I love that she laughs when yeah. she says ass as well. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't sound jarring, because it's just like, no, nah, of course she can sing it. She's Shirley Bassey. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's it's really... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not like... It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm only known for, I'm, I'm best known for, you know doing a couple of James Bond songs, but it definitely 
it's definitely heightened by giving it that feel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's fantastic. Yeah. God bless you, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, like I just I it was just that that thing as well, like looking up other covers and you know, you occasionally like last week's song, the Skid Row song, you know, you had Carrie Underwood and Corey Taylor doing it. Um you you occasionally see like famous people doing songs. And this came up and I was just like it was just one of those things like I have to listen to this immediately to see what that's like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they do do a nod to Goldfinger in the film clip as well, where like the woman's got a gold mask and then she pulls it away and her face is painted gold. It's just so good. (laughs) For for those playing at home, that's literally a scene from Goldfinger where a woman is murdered by having gold painted all over her body. Hate it when that happens. Logic. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get, like... Yeah, because you hear that thing of, like, whenever stage people colour themselves in paint, they leave a little spot. And that's literally one of the things that they say in the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to leave a patch so that your air can your skin can breathe. And then they also reference it in Arrested Development as well, when Tobias has the diamond. But what about here? But, like... Can you not breathe in your, in your, where your hair is? There's also, like, and your mouth. Yeah. I don't get how you... Yeah, anyway. (laughs) That's why, like, Goldfinger is considered, like, possibly the best Bond film of all time, but it's not my favourite. From Russia with Love is my favourite Bond movie. Right. Yeah, which was the one that preceded Goldfinger. Um, Yeah. uh, Did you say Goldfinger? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, Goldfinger. Goldmember is the Austin Powers movie. And then I'm thinking of Goldfinger the band. Oh yeah, well that's where they got their name from. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and that's where it also all comes back to Tony Hawk. There was a strip club, I think, in Melbourne called Goldfingers. Gross. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. So that probably covers it. I... Hey, I see what you did there. Ah, I didn't intend to do that. <laughs> oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, we made it through. We did. Um, next week we are looking at the song OK by As It Is for Punk Goes Acoustic 3. Yeah, hell yeah, or yeah, nah. Oh yeah, uh, hell yeah. Like, I think, yeah, as far as the covers are concerned, like, hell yeah. The original's fine. But yeah, like it's the defi- covers are really elevated it for me. It's definitely the covers. Yeah, like you said, like they definitely elevate it. Like, yeah, like it's it's like that Shirley Bassey one just ends it on a really good note. Oh, so, so good. good, so good. So yes, as you said, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking it out with us. Um, remember to stay safe. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, be good to one another. Donate to aid organizations where you can help out with just civil unrest everything that's going on at the moment just remember to be good to one another like we all deserve the right to feel safe and to be respected equally yeah yeah but i think that'll do it Mm -hmm. all right goodbye